This podcast is a Tucker Media production. For more information, head to tuckermedia.com.au. Hi, I'm Ralph Tucker from Tucker Media. The year 2020 has certainly presented challenges for everyone across the world. In 2020 Revision, I'll chat to a cross-section of the community about their experiences and learnings in this truly unique period of history. From business owners, to professional athletes, to new mums, everyone will share their stories. And to give it an authentic 2020 feel, I've recorded these chats at my kitchen table over Zoom. Rebecca Kingston-Clark, welcome to 2020 Revision. Thanks for having me. No problem. Now, you're a senior travel consultant with the Travel Beyond Group. Can you take me through your 2020? Well, it's been a bit of a challenging one um, with COVID. I think it was a bit of a surprise, obviously, coming out of nowhere. And I don't think anyone could kind of predict the trajectory of where we were going to end up with where COVID went and the impact it would have on our industry. So, obviously, with the border closures um, domestically and internationally. We've gone from being a normal travelling travel agent to being able to go nowhere. So it's been a real challenge for the industry with basically nothing to sell and having to process a huge amount of refunds and deal with that side of things as well. If we look at, I guess, the, the overall picture, it's probably undisputed that the travel industry has been if not the hardest hit, one of the hardest hit industries across the globe. I mean, how dire is it for people that work in your industry here and and across the globe? I think it's been really difficult. I mean, the travel industry is a very resilient industry. You know, um, we've survived so many things, you know, September 11, ash clouds, tsunamis, GFC, SARS, bird flu. And so normally we're quite a resilient industry. But I believe obviously COVID has taken it to a new level. So with basically all the border closures, what we've if we can compare it to say other industries that have been hugely also being impacted, say retail, imagine having nothing left in the stores to sell, but then also having to process refunds and give all the money back for the last six months of business. So not only have we got no future revenue, we're also taking the time to actually refund, you know, probably about six months of refunds and having to give that money back as well. So, I mean, I know JobKeeper has been great, um, but obviously there's more costs involved in the business and keeping that rather than just the salary. So it's been a challenge and obviously for a lot of agents, and I know I wasn't the only one, pre-COVID when we first went on stand down, not because of our companies asking, but just because of our commitment to our clients We were still logging in when we weren't getting paid just because we wanted to look after our customers and process refunds and help our customers out in a really, really challenging environment with so many rules, changes with suppliers and supplier cancellation fees and things like that. So it's been hugely, you know, impactful. And, you know, obviously the magic word of pivot keeps coming up in the COVID environment and it's been very difficult for the travel industry to be able to pivot. You know, hospitality has been able to do takeaway, retail has gone online, but travel industry has been very, very limited on what we can do. I mean, 
the only thing that, you know, our company has been doing, apart from obviously some interstate travel, is been doing those kind of virtual events and things like that. But, you know, otherwise it's been really difficult to find any sort of opportunity in that time. What was the reaction from your client base? Were they keen to find out more information? Were they looking for instant refunds? Were they holding on to credit? How was it kind of working for your clients? Well, I think that you've got to be understanding that, you know, not only my industry has been, you know, impacted. So obviously we've got to be sensitive that other people have been financially impacted when we've, you know, discussed refunds and things like that. Um, A lot of people obviously in the initial was to get the information and it was really difficult at the start because everything was changing so rapidly and the information wasn't flowing through to us any quicker than it was to the public. We were quite often getting our information just like everyone else from, you know, media updates, government updates and things like that. So getting information was really, really difficult at first. But then we've got the secondary of, you know, as an agent, we're not the end supplier of, you know, we supply a service, but in the end it's the airlines, the hotels, the tour operators, the cruise operators that actually control the rules, the regulations, they're they're actually the ones that are holding the money. So the challenge has been really us trying to navigate so many different suppliers and every single one of them had their own rules and everything like that. And obviously our customers were keen to get the money back, but the money is not sitting with us. The money is sitting with those suppliers. So that's been a lot of the challenge is, you know, um, navigating all the different suppliers, rules. Some of them are doing refunds, some of them doing credits and and communicating to our customers that, you know, it's not me personally that's holding your money. It's actually that it's held with, you know, maybe an airline or a cruise company or a tour company and everything like that. Um, and, it, and it's taken a lot of our time to, you know, explain that. But, I mean, I have to say that we've been really lucky. Our customers have been on board with us for a long time. So, you know, there was a lot of trust um, so I have to admit that our customers have been very good. But as I said, you've, we've got to be really sensitive to the fact that the people who are asking us for refunds, they may have lost their jobs, their revenue, their in- industry as well. So it's not just, you know, us affected and, and things like that. So I think, you know, everyone's got to be a bit mindful of that at the moment. You touched on communication there. I'd imagine that would have been key in all aspects of what you do, given the fact that you had to deal with something that, and it's a phrase that's been bandied about a lot um, in the last 12 months in unprecedented times. So no one really had a rule book in terms of how to deal with that. So getting the information and then communicating that to your clients as uh, as quickly as possible, I guess, would have been key in the, the early stages and continues to be that way. Yeah, and that's the challenge. The challenge is us actually getting the information and making sure the information that we pass on is correct. Um, I think the challenge is, and even now with, you know, hopefully the light at the end of the tunnel, there's a lot of still speculation, even at the government level, of what they think we're going to be. Like they're still talking about when they see might be borders reopening and, and things like that. So that's been the challenge is actually knowing what information to pass on because, I mean, even if we think about the domestic borders, um that's been even a challenge with, you know, being a bit of back and forth, you know, through it's more being about what we think is going to happen, what date we think is going to happen rather than knowing for sure. So 
you want to keep on keeping your clients updated with the correct information, but the information is changing so much all the time regularly. So for us, it was making sure that we had um, places to go to get the information, but also making sure that our customers understood this is the information we have at the time, but it's continually changing depending on obviously what happens with you know COVID and and numbers and things like that so it was kind of that double whammy of you know the information making sure what you told was correct or as much as you were told and then the second thing is how do we get that out to our customers and just keep on keeping the information coming. So by and large what were most people doing? Were they looking to access refunds? Were they looking to keep in credit? What was the the general consensus across the board in in your experience? I think initially a lot of people were happy for credits because I don't think we thought that it was going to go on for so long. So initially we had a lot of people going, you know, credits, we're happy with credits, you know, and we'll just, you know, we will rebook and everything like that. But, you know, now we're talking about, and even the airlines initially have, they had a credit agreement till say the end of this year. But now even the airlines have realised that, you know, travel is not going back, especially when we talk internationally, for so long now. You know, a lot of the airlines allowing tickets to be, you know, extended to 2022, that a lot of customers are then, turned and wanted the refunds because they know they're not going to be able to go to Europe or the States or, you know, any of those big destinations for quite a long time. And so that's when they started to say we want the refunds instead. So it ended up being, you know, as much as possible because obviously suppliers, airlines and everything like that had their rules of what they would do. But if there was a possibility of the refunds, then customers were deciding to take the refunds, just as I said, because it's just who knows when travel is going to open up again, especially internationally. You've been in this industry for a long time and you mentioned before about different things that you've had to deal with over that period and them sort of being, I guess, little pockets of of the industry and and closures and, and different things. But to have this on such a large scale, what was the chat from people that were working within your industry, your colleagues and all of that kind of thing, just around just the magnitude of the situation? Yes, because at first, I guess when I first started, we kind of like people who have been in the industry, I've been in the industry for, you know, 20 years, we were just thinking it's just one more thing. You know, we felt like we'd seen it, done it, been there before so many times and, you know, we survived it before. But this obviously the duration of this is going for how long this is going for and the fact that not only in the past when things have happened we've been able to kind of divert it to maybe other parts of the world or we've been able to, you know, a lot of domestic. But I guess this is a huge, you know, the the duration of time that the effect's going to go on for but also the fact that not only did everywhere internationally close down but all whole of Australia. So, I think the thing is we've got to realise, we, you know, and people who aren't familiar with the industry maybe don't know this, is the margins in travel are not like, you know, other industries. We run on very, very tight margins. You know, I mark up some very, probably the smallest, I, I don't know many industries that would run on the margins that we run. And and I think the other thing is people got to realise that we're a very passionate industry. We don't do it because it's a job. We love, we love to sell travel 
we love to, you know, travel ourselves and everything like that. It's a very, you know, it's, it's an industry that everyone's very passionate about. Um, and the other thing to realise that obviously there's some of the, the larger, um, you know, agencies that maybe we know more about in the industry, but there's so many, you know, family, like my business is a quite large one, but it's a family-run industry. And and I think it's been really, I think that's been the hardest thing, watching, you know, people who have owned their agencies for 30, 40 years, people, agents stay in the industry, like me being in 20 years is not unusual. They don't know anything else rather than travel. And I'm watching the potential, I guess the biggest fear was that we, and this is the biggest talk still going on, is that all these smaller agencies, these family agencies are not going to survive through this, that all we're going to be ending up with is the large market industries and I, I guess that's a fear and I don't think it's great for the industry because you know there is so much passion and the people that own these industries you know this is their love their pride and joy their baby and you know I, the fear that they're all going to lose it because how long do we keep going with you know this lack of revenue and not having you know some of the larger agencies are able to go to shareholders or investors and things like that the smaller agencies don't have that, you know, support apart from obviously what the government has done. So I guess the fear for us in the industry is at the end of this, at the other end of this, who's going to be left? Who's going to be left in the industry? Obviously so many redundancies, you know, a lot of agencies have made at least half of their travel agents already redundant and there's talk that there's more to come. And you know, we are worried that, you know, there's going to be no one, you know, a lot of agencies are going to be, talent's going to be lost to the industry. But the biggest fear is there's going to be a lot of businesses, smaller businesses that are going to be lost to the industry as well. I guess more broadly with it as well, I mean, people probably don't take into consideration the fact that people that work at the airport, whether they be grounds crew, whether they work in the retail stores, they're, they're driving the, the buses that are, are transfers, people like that are all lost to the industry at the moment because nobody's going anywhere and all of these little pockets of the industry are also associated with that and that's how they they make their money and that's what they do for a for a for a job yeah and that's the thing is that people don't realize how widely affected you know it's not just travel agencies it's an industry that's supported by a lot of other companies um you know if we just take in one of the big ones donata which obviously um you know, is foreign-owned, so they weren't actually applicable to JobKeeper. But because they weren't, you know, eligible for JobKeeper, we've seen so many people, people, my friends, have lost their jobs because, you know, that's the airport staff, that's, you know, all the check-in and everything like that. And that's a huge industry. And sometimes I don't think people realise how many people that the travel industry does support, you know, not just obviously sending people overseas, but obviously, you know, the tourism market, but those support services at the airport. I mean, obviously, if you go to the airport at the moment, the shops are pretty empty. I don't think many food venues are open. I mean, it might be changing now domestically, but, you know, all those people, that's jobs that have been lost and, and, and we don't know when that's coming back or if that's coming back and things like that. So, there's a, you know, there's a huge amount of people who have been affected by, you know, these lockdowns if we're just talking, you know, the travel industry and things like that. So, yeah, this, it's a huge, huge industry. Not that anyone can be prepared for a global pandemic, but what have been the learnings, do you think, 
out of 2020 for the travel industry? I think it's very similar to probably a lot of other industries. I think that, you know, and I know my my company has taken the time to actually review the businesses um, and just look at our overall operation to see, you know, how we've been running, what we could have done better and things like that. Um, I think I think a lot of people will probably look at work from home and look at the cost of actually having, you know, bricks and mortar offices and if they are actually essential and how much that is a cost to the business and things like that. But I think that's, you know, I think that that's probably something that, you know, across the board that every, you know, industry is looking at. Um, You know, obviously through this we've um, looked at because we've got an event side to our business, we looked at how we can run virtual events and things like that. But I think that, you know, we I know my company has taken the time to do things that we don't normally have time to do. Normally we're too busy, you know, just servicing our clients that we've actually looked at, you know, what all the things that we can clean up, that we can do better, you know, processes and things like that and taking that time to kind of really um, get that ready for, you know, when we are ready to relaunch and things like that. So, um, but I think, yeah, over the board, it's probably like ours is probably the same as every industry. I think everyone's going to work out how to work smarter, how we can do things cheaper. And I think work from home and maybe looking at office space costs is probably going to be a big part of the decisions. So if we look now ahead and things are starting to improve, as you mentioned, domestically with all of the uncertainty about international travel, it uh, could be a bit of a positive in the in the short term in terms of people wanting to travel locally and that could be a good thing for the local travel industry. I think so. I mean, I think if we're going to get stuck in any country, then we're probably pretty lucky that we're stuck in ours. You know, there's so many beautiful places to see. You know, even just even when the New South Wales borders were closed, I hope that, you know, with the fact that so many um, parts of New South Wales tourism was affected by the fires at the end of last year and the start of this year and then the lockdowns and COVID, if we're going to take anything out of, you know, New South Wales borders being closed, I really hope that the local regional businesses actually got extra, you know, business out of this time and and, and I really hope that happens. Um, They've been very, it's really busy at the moment regionally, so it's really, really good to see that people are, you know, discovering their own state and as the borders now open, you know, I think it's going to be great to see people really staying home and, um, and looking at what we've got in the country. I mean, it's interesting that we do take a lot of time to travel so far and I know I do this myself to go to a beach where, you know, we actually have probably better beaches and things like that at home just because people like the idea of an international travel trip. So I think it's, you know, we're very, very spoiled for choice in Australia and I think we obviously now, as long as people feel secure that the borders are going to remain open, I think that's the biggest challenge is just the confidence that the borders will now remain open and that people can be confident that if they do book their own, you know, holiday, um, it's not going to, the borders aren't going to close last minute and, you know, their plans change or anything like that. So as long as people feel secure and confident in that sheet, I think it's going to be great for the, you know, domestic tourism that we're going to see um, a lot more, you know, people travelling. You know, I think that's a real probably a positive out of that. So, you know, hopefully that happens. And, you know, I feel for a lot of the operators, especially probably like Queensland, North Queensland and things like that, who really, really rely on international tourism. 
So I'm really hoping that we can all get out there and, and, and not just go and stay, but, you know, do your reef trips. Do, you know, I think that's the biggest thing that hopefully we all do is not just go there and stay in a hotel or stay in Airbnb, that we actually get out there and do the activities that a normal and international tourists would normally do you know whether or not those those day trips those boat trips and everything like that so you know I hope that we can really you know try and give our business and give our money to those operators who you know really really gone without for so long. I mean and it's really an emotional decision for people to make as well going on to holiday is a really big thing and people often say for a year or two years or whatever the case may be so to I guess give them some joy and notice that you know, the money that they've saved up for that may have been spent on a really big trip over to the US or Europe can be spent locally will give them, you know, not exactly the same feeling, but a similar feeling because, you know, essentially what you guys are doing, you, you're selling people dreams, aren't you? Yeah, and that's the thing is, like, I think everyone after this year needs a holiday. <laughs> so, you know, I think it's one of those years if we ever need a break, we never need something positive, then this is year. And as I said, like, and we are very, very blessed. There are some very, very unique places in Australia, which is, you know, sometimes people don't even think about it. They think of the obvious ones, but we're really, really lucky to have some, a lot of very unique, you know, and that's why people from overseas fly so far to get here because we have so many cool things, whether or not it's, you know, those regional areas in Western Australia or all those areas in Tasmania. And I think the more people, if you come and, you know, utilise and hopefully we can, the people that may have booked those trips by themselves will actually this time book with a travel agent and give that double benefit of not just giving those tour operators, hotels, the business, but, you know, your local travel agent. And you might find that your local travel agent will be able to recommend places even in your own country that maybe you might not have thought of, you know, going yourself and everything like that. So hopefully not only do we see people, um, you know, travelling locally in Australia, but maybe giving the business to their local travel agent that maybe they would have in the past just gone book online themselves because, you know, everyone needs the support um, and, you know, that's part of, you know, giving your support is not maybe just doing it on the internet but hopefully going and going down the street and speaking to your local travel agent and, and you know, giving them a little bit of business this year. So with that optimism in mind, what are you looking forward to most in 2021? I think like everyone, as what I just said, is I, I've already started planning my own holidays <laughs> bit next year, like of places that I can get to, places that, you know, maybe the time that where I would have gone overseas, um, you know, there's, as I said, there's some really unique places and even, you know, I'm looking at maybe going to Tasmania myself and I've been there before, but there are some places, you know, you can always find a new place to go and there's some really, really unique, you know, experiences to go. And I think that that's what I'm looking forward to is actually, you know, having that time to actually rediscover my own country again. Um, I've been really quick to go overseas in the past. So I'm looking forward to that. And I, I feel, you know, it's great that the borders are opening, you know, I think, you know, and, I, you know, obviously it's great that the restaurants are opening. You know, I think everyone's sick of doing things on Zoom and everything like that. And I think it's going to be good to kind of, 
you know, rediscover actually seeing people face to face in restaurants, you know, as we see the restrictions, um, you know, lower. And I feel like people have more confidence now, you know, we can all feel a bit more confident that we can safely go out to restaurants and hopefully that continues, that we can safely go to our local businesses and spend money there as well. I think, you know, hopefully we feel a bit more confident and as, you know, obviously the economy increases that we all will. And as I said, I think, you know, everyone get out and have a great holiday and, you know, go and see things in Australia that maybe we, you know, we haven't done because we've been so quick to go overseas. So I think just like what I'm encouraging people, you know, we'll be doing that ourselves as well and I'm looking forward to it. Rebecca Kingston-Clark, thanks very much for joining me on 2020 Revision. Thank you.